I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be all right. I believe and I trust in Hashem. There was once a great tzaddik by the name Rebleib Saris. His name was Leib. His mother's name was Sarah. So they used to call him Rebleib Saris. They say that he was born by a bracha uh, from the Baal Shem Tov. When he grew up, he became a follower, a chassid, then a talmid of the Baal Shem Tov, and would do many missions for the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov would send him to certain places to help Yidden who needed help. Sometimes the Baal Shem Tov would send him together with someone else, another secret tzaddik, to help the Yidden. Reb Leib would make many wonders, many miracles, even when he was still very young. After the Baal Shem Tev passed away, Reb Leib became a student of the Mizritcher Magid. But most of his life, he traveled around Poland, Galicia, and other areas to see wherever he can help someone who needed his help. One day, Reb Leib came to the city of Berdichev. When he came into the marketplace, a yid caught up with him. It was Reb Binyamin, the head of a Yiddish community not far from Berdichev. The name of that townlet was Kubrin. That was the name. Rabbi Yamin said to him, Baruch Hashem, I'm so happy that I found you. We have a very serious problem, a sad story to tell you. Rebbe, please listen. And he told Rebleib as follows. <clears throat> the Yidin and Kubrin built their houses, their stores, their shul, and other things. They built it on land that belonged to a Paritz. The Paritz, in fact, was a very friendly person. He was very nice to the Yidin. He never asked them to pay rent or anything. And they, the Yidin lived peacefully. But not long ago, the pirates passed away. And his son took over the entire land. What happened? The son did not like the Jews. So as long as his father was alive, his father would control him. But now that his father wasn't here... He showed his hatred openly. 
And he came to the Jews with a demand. And he said, you guys owe me rent for all the years that you lived on my father's land. You never paid rent. You have to pay me the rent plus interest, extra. Even though the father never asked for rent, but that's what he's making up now. And he threatened the Yidden that if they don't pay up, he's going to throw them all out of Kobrin and take away all of their possessions as payment for the rent from his of his father. Reb Leib listened carefully and he said, you know what? I will, Be'ezus Hashem, go to the pirates and I'll have a talk with him. Maybe I can convince him to give up his plan. So the next day, Reb Leib Saris went to the castle of this pirates and as soon as he walked in, the pirates were shocked. He didn't expect him to come. He sees this tall man, beautiful long kapata, beautiful white beard, and such a shiny, special-looking face. He was surprised that he came without an invitation. But as soon as the pirates recovered from his shock, he said, Oh, Rabbi, you came to bring me the money from the Jews, right? And Reb Leib Saris answered him, Your father never asked the Jews for money? He never had that in mind? He never intended to charge them? As a matter of fact, <clears throat> he invited them to his land because he knew that if the Jews come to his land, it will bring blessings for him. He will succeed. And therefore, if you just let the Jews leave, continue to live there, then the Jews will pray for you and they'll be so thankful. The pirate says, I don't need their prayers. I want the money and I do need it now. Reb Leib Saris gave him a very sharp look. And it was obvious that it went right through him. So the pirates calmed down and began speaking softer and more friendly. He said like this, Okay, listen, I have a way out for you. I have a deal. But if I tell it to you, it must be kept secret. Nobody is allowed to know about it. If one Jew will tell out the secret, not one Jew will remain alive in Kobrin. And the pirates went on to say, what is the deal? The deal is like this. It says, you know that the Russians took away our land. We're all Polish citizens. 
and we're suffering under the czar. We don't want to suffer anymore. So we have all of our patriarchs, we have our soldiers, and we're planning a rebellion. We're planning an attack to chase out all the Russians from our land, and then we're going to rebuild our government, and then we'll be good for you, good for me, good for everyone. And after we establish our government, the Jews... If they join us in this fight against the Russians, we will pay them a reward. So if you can promise me that the Jews will help me fight against the Russians, then I will wipe off this debt. I won't charge them a penny. And we'll even reward them. Reb Leib answered him right away. This we cannot do. Even though we do sympathize, I understand very well where you're coming from and how you feel and why you think it's necessary. I understand it. But we cannot fight against the Russian government. Why? Because we have a Torah, and the Torah says that we're never allowed to go against your own government where you're living. The only exception is if the government goes against the Torah, those things you don't have to listen. But everything else that has nothing to do with Torah and mitzvahs, we are, we are commanded to obey the government and support the government. So we cannot be part of that fight. Sorry. The pirates got very angry. He jumped out of his seat and he said, Get out! And Rebleib Saris stood up and walked out slowly and he said, Hashem, the guardian of Israel, will protect us. As Rebleib Saris made up with Binyamin, he's going to meet him to tell him how it went and if there's anything more to do. When he met with Rebbe Yamin, he said to him, I tried my best, and it did not work. The pirates <laughs> is so stubborn, he's not giving in. So plan A is not working. We're going to have to do plan B. What's B? B stands for Betachen. Of course, we have to have Betachen and Hashem. But we got to do something. So listen what you're going to do. I'm going to send you to a Jew who will be able to help. This is a poor brewmaker. He makes brooms. Who lives in a hut with his wife deep, deep in the forest. You're going to go to him and you're going to tell him that Leib Saris sent you to him. His name is Yaakov and you're going to go there Friday. You're going to get there in time for Shabbos and you must take along with you wine 
challahs, and food for three meals of Shabbos. Yes, you're going to spend your Shabbos there. But don't you dare tell anyone the secret about where I'm sending you. It must be kept secret. Rabbi Yama followed the instructions very carefully, and Friday morning he set out on his trip. He entered the forest, and it did take him many, many hours. When he finally found the hut in deep in the forest, he looked at the hut, it's so small, and he sees the door was halfway open. He was able to see through the doorway that there was only one room in the hut, which had two beds, one table, and two small wooden stools, chairs. There was an old lady there who turned around and noticed him and got upset. And she said, I'm sorry, I have, I have nothing for you. And he said to her, don't worry, Baruch Hashem, I brought my own food. And I'm going to sleep outdoors. The only thing I'm asking for is I would like to sit down when I eat my meal to eat by a table, if possible. Just then, Yaakov arrived. The brewmaker came. He was carrying a bundle of sticks and twigs. When he saw Binyamin, whether he's, he was surprised or not, he surely didn't show it. He didn't say a word. He just threw down his bundle on the side and went to the well to wash his hands and face, Lekavid Shabbos. Rabbi Yaman followed him and did the same. Washed up, and then Binyamin went and stood under one of the trees to start davening. When Binyamin finished davening, he opened his eyes and he sees the full moon lit up the forest. He walked into the hut. Shabbos. Oh, they're in the middle of benching. Yes, Yaakov and his wife already finished their sa'uda, and Yaakov was reading the words of benching out of an old sitter, and he read them word for word, just like a little child who just began learning how to read. And his wife was repeating each word after him. Then she got up from her seat and gave it to Binyamin. Binyamin quickly made Kiddush, went through his meal. He didn't want to take his time because he didn't want to keep them up. They probably want to go to sleep. He looks on the table. The candles were still burning. And he was happy to have a sa'uda by a table. When he finished benching, he went out of the hut 
and he stretched himself out on a bench and fell quickly to asleep. He was so tired, it took him a few seconds, he was already asleep. In the middle of the night, he woke up and he heard singing. He heard Nigunim coming from the hut. Beautiful, beautiful Zmirais of Shabbos. And he heard it sounded like an echo, a heavenly echo coming from above, together with the Nigan. He also noticed that there is such a big light in the hut that it was too, too bright for his eyes to look. So he just closed his eyes and fell back asleep. He woke up in the morning when it was already sunrise. The sun is already shining. He was totally shocked from what he saw in the middle of the night. He was convinced. He was sure that Yaakov is surely one of the 36 secret tzaddikim who, who Hashem has in every generation in whose schus, in whose merit, the world exists. Binyamin just could not wait till Shabbos is over so he can say something about his problem, that he can speak to Yaakov and tell him what's happening. As soon as Reb Yaakov finished making Abdullah, Binyamin was about to open his mouth and say something, but Yaakov said to him right away, Gutvach, I have good news for you. The gates of mercy in Shemayim are always open. And Hashem accepted the tefillahs of the Yidden of Kubrin and the terrible plans of the pirates are already gone. They're canceled. They're over. So you could go home in peace and everything is going to be all right. But never tell anybody where you were for this Shabbos. The next morning, Binyamin began his trip home. <clears throat> when he got home back to his town, people came running to him from all sides. And they said, Hey, Binyamin, where were you for Shabbos? Where were you? You missed all the fun. What? What happened? You could have witnessed the miracle. A tremendous miracle happened Shabbos morning. You want to tell me about it? Yes. While we were in Shul davening Shabbos morning, suddenly we saw a big group of soldiers on their horses. They were actually Russian Cossacks, powerful soldiers. And they all stormed into the castle of the pirates. And a few minutes later, they took the pirates out in chains, put them on a wagon, and started to drive him away. And they said they're taking him to Petersburg to stand on trial. 
because he's planning to fight against the Russian government. Rebbe Yaman, of course, celebrated and rejoiced with all the Yidden. But it took a few months until Binyamin found out the secret behind the arrest of the pirates. Why did they come to him suddenly? How did he find out? He got an invitation from the governor of that area, of that province. He came to the governor, and with a big smile and a handshake, the governor says, I'm so happy to see you. I would like to share something with you. Binyam is sat down, and the governor begins telling him. says, you know that pirates that we arrested? I'll tell you why we arrested him. It has been a while that we have suspected that he is up to trouble. We had a suspicion that he wants to make an uprising. He wants to fight. Well, we didn't have any proof until one day one of our men found a secret letter that the pirates wrote. And guess what it said in the letter? It says that he tried to convince the Jews to help him in his fight against the Russian government. And the Jews did not listen. Neither rewards or threats would get the Jews to join him in his fight. And therefore, the poet is writing in this secret letter, we need a lot of men. And once we succeed, we are going to make the Jews pay a big price for their not wanting to help us out. Once we had the evidence, we had the proof, we went, we arrested him, he already stood on trial, and they sent him away, far, far away to exile, never ever to come back, and they took away all of his property, whatever he owned, was taken away by the government. Now the Tsar of Russia heard about it, and he wants to show his appreciation to the Jews of Kubrin, that they were so loyal to him, and they didn't want to fight against the Russians. So the Tsar decided to give away that land of Kubrin as a gift to the Jewish people who live there. So they can continue living there without having to pay rent or any taxes. And the governor gave him a document, a special contract, which says that the Jews are now the owner of that land. Rabbi Yamin came back home and told the Yitten and showed them the document and he was able to tell them about the Ashkacha Pratis, how Hashem helped them. But there was one thing he wasn't able to tell them. What Reb Leib Saris had to do with it and where he had spent his Shabbos. Because this is another Hakel, 
Make sure you give tzedakah and say a tefillah. We want Mashiach now.